Okay, this segment is going to overview a few thoughts on programming in the health and fitness facility industry. And when I say programming, I don't mean what we tend to think of as coaches or trainers, the workouts or the exercises that we have our clients or athletes do. This is programming in the larger scale. And so this is what a facility will set out and decide to do in terms of their method of training. And one of the things that we know about programming is that it plays a really important role in getting members, so getting prospects and keeping members, and even engaging former members. So that could be people who have chosen to leave for whatever reason or have moved but still might be able to provide some value to your business, to your facility through recommendations, even though they may not be participating or or joining anymore. So a couple things that we know when people join a fitness club or facility there's a few reasons Um, one of them is just for social reasons we see this a little bit stronger in female populations and in older individuals men and women for senior citizens Um, the aspect of having access to group oriented activities again pretty strong reason for joining for women and also the concept of having a challenge and even the idea of competition. Men tend to be a little stronger in this area, but we also see both genders will join a club or facility because they believe the programming that is given there, the options will help them achieve their fitness goals. And interestingly enough, for leaving a facility, we also see some interestingly same reasons. So they may not feel like they have a place they leave because they're not feeling engaged by the club, that their motivation and interest really doesn't have anything to try and spark it that's from the club. Um, Not using the facility frequently enough, that's a really common one, and our programming can help actually impact that. And really what we need to remember is that if we want to enhance our sales of memberships, if we want to keep retention, and if we want to even impact these past members who can have those positive references or reviews still, our programming needs to be on point. It needs to be something that we constantly look at. So if we think of programming as the, think of it as kind of like this, the show that we put on as a facility. And I don't mean that in a way that demeans what the programming is, that it's all show and no substance. It absolutely has to be substance too. But program creates experience. And the term member experience is really common in the fitness industry, in many industries right now. And we want to think of our member experience through the programs that we put on. We want them, we want this programming to help people create connections between each other, even with themselves, within themselves. We want our programming to help them feel motivated, that they can actually achieve their goals. So that concept of self-efficacy and self-actualization. We want members to establish training partnerships, whether it's with each other or actual trainers in the facility. And then the aspect of having challenges, those are things that can help with motivation, but even create some sense of entertainment value for our members. So one of the things that we, a major key in just what is programming and why is it valuable is the fact that effective programming can be one of the best tools a facility has to differentiate itself from competitors. I'm gonna say that again, effective programming can be one of the best tools a facility has for differentiating itself 
from its competitors. All right, hold up, big stop. A lot of times we think of price is the big differentiator. And one of the things we found through some of the research that's been done in fitness centers and health clubs is it's not necessarily cost. It's not necessarily even the aesthetics at the facility or the equipment, which those are important factors. But when it comes to actual retention and keeping people in the facility and giving them that member experience, the programming is the most effective differentiator. The aesthetic type of aspects, the costs tend to get short-term interest, but we know as providers of these services and people who want to build a business and generate income for ourselves and for our staff, we need to think about the long game, not just about what's kind of the initial flashy things to get people in. So moving on, there's a few important things that are keys to having really great programming. The first thing is to make sure that we understand our market. And that's basically knowing who's in our community. Why are people joining fitness centers where we live? Why are they joining our facility? And so this is where we can do some basic surveying, basic focus groups, even using tools like right now, um, doing simple surveys on our social media, on Facebook and on Instagram. And these may reach not even current followers, these or current members. These could reach just kind of the peripheral, um, finding out what people are interested interested in. And so one of the things that we like or we want to see with new members is asking questions. Why are you here? Um, Why did you choose to join? What's motivating you to come in? And also keeping track of what members participate in when they're in the facility. That's another way we can understand the market. And so when we have, say, for example, a software system where members will need to check in when they go to a certain class or if it records their participation in a workshop or say it's a nutrition seminar, keeping track of what people participate in is really, really important. It shows engagement and where certain populations are engaging. The next key to great programming is a purpose and vision. And we know this, that our facility, our business needs to have a purpose, a vision that's in another podcast. But the programming itself, even within a certain programming strand, should have a vision. And a few questions that we want to ask, does our programming as a club or as a fitness center, do we want to drive involvement and participation? Does it actually do that? Does it enhance sales of membership? Is it part of our brand differentiation? Is it part of providing additional revenue to us as the business? And is it part of the total member experience? And so these are really important questions when we wanna make sure does our programming even meet our purpose or meet our vision as a whole? And so every new program that comes up, a new idea from a staff member, we should wanna make sure they align and hit up these these questions. The third key to great programming, which is kind of a secret that a lot of businesses don't really think about, it's not a secret, just we don't think about it, is getting members involved. And so think of on a team, how we might have team captains who sometimes can help communicate the needs of the team, same kind of concept. So having committees within the memberships or having key point people that they don't have to be known or officially known with a main title, but maybe it's just a personal relationship you have with a few key members who perhaps have been there for a long time or or who have a trusting relationship with you or have a good keen sense for the pulse of the membership community. You can have them act as liaisons within the membership 
and help generate ideas and communicate them to you because sometimes people and members even though you say you'll take ideas and you want to get their feedback people are still afraid to come to you if you're the owner if you're the manager and even though that seems so counterintuitive even if you're the most approachable person out there that's a normal and natural barrier that we have and so sometimes having a peer within the membership is easier um, we can also engage our members if they have interest and are willing in a volunteer level. And so we always want to make sure we're extremely appreciative anytime that a member who's paying money to us, to our business, that if they do things for us on a volunteer basis, that we do make sure we show acknowledgement, um, whether that's public acknowledgement if they are okay with that, or additional um, perks or potentially um, just uh, signs of recognition. Maybe it's a gift card to their favorite restaurant that's in town um, for their help on a program or a challenge. Um, and then also establishing a platform on social media. This is a big one that allows members to give their input and to be engaged. So again, I mentioned some surveys. Instagram and Facebook are really easy to uh, create quick member surveys. Another strategy that's very common in Facebook, I've tended to see be the best tool for this, is a closed Facebook group within the membership. And so it's seen as additional perk, you can say, as you're selling memberships, that if you become a member of our facility or our club, you get access to our closed Facebook forum. And so several gyms that I've either worked at or been a member at, they have these. And they're, if, as long as the there's moderators whether it's coaches, owners, or again, these key peers who are answering questions and encouraging people to post on it, they're really effective tools. And they're a great way to create engagement and a sense of community within your facility, even when you know people don't always see each other all the time. So the people that come in the morning regularly aren't going to necessarily know who the people who come in the evening are. And so this is a great way to showcase who these people are and to answer questions and have them engage and communicate with each other. So that's one big way to get members involved in general and making sure then on these platforms to provide and just lots of opportunities for them to answer, to comment and respond to questions. And we know that with notifications, that helps more people get involved and give their input. And the other thing that we see in getting members involved when we have programs is have social media be a part of the challenge or be a part of the program. So we see that a lot if you create a specific hashtag, for example, within a challenge or something that you're offering and you have members post on their own social media platforms, that then reaches their entire social media network. And if they're tagging the gym and hashtagging, this, hashtagging a specific hashtag, it allows other people to see what's happening. The fourth key to great programming is about your staff. It's about the employees. And so even if an employee is not directly responsible for a programming, it's really important they know when new programming is happening, the timeline for it, the purpose of it. One of the worst things I've ever seen, and this is just a big, I would say like a turnoff, is if I come into a facility and I ask a question like, oh, hey, I saw this on your Facebook, or on your social media. Um, this looks like such a cool event coming up. And then the coach that's on staff has no idea what you're talking about. And you think, well, why do I know more? And I'm just a visitor. And the person that's working here doesn't even know about it. And so really, really important that staff are well-informed. Trans er, tra communication is transparent. 
And then the next big aspect of getting employees involved is having them brainstorm ideas. Because if you're the owner or manager, you may not be there all the time. Maybe you're spending more time doing back-end work with the business. And so maybe it's your coaching staff or your front desk staff that are really spending a lot of time on the floor and talking with people and seeing what their needs and their interests are. And so when you have this type of connection, using these staff members and using these coaches to help them give ideas and even help to have them spearhead, you can create staff incentives, even additional bonus pay for running or initiating a program. This also helps if you're running a program, if you're able to assign specific staff members um, to a program. And so that helps with accountability of the program actually happening and it going off like it's supposed to happen. If certain people are the originator of the idea, they lay out the platform, the framework, they implement it, you're able to give specific expectations to certain employees and to the, the additional team so that you're able to essentially keep things going and again, keep this idea of accountability. One important thing though is to not make programming a one-person show because if that person ends up getting sick or leaving the facility or something happens you don't want the entire program to like say it's a a new year's challenge or say it's a spring shape up challenge you don't want the entire program to fall apart because no one else or another staff member doesn't know about it next this is number five create a program business plan for the club so just like you have a business plan for the entire facet of all facets of the business the program business plan should incorporate very specific goals so using the acronym smart which we're should be well familiar with um so for the programming there should be specific and simple goals that are measurable that are meaningful attainable realistic and actually trackable and so for example a program goal for a larger scale club would be for group, say group exercise is a program strand that you have. One of your goals could be to achieve 3,000 participants per week. This is a big, big time club. Um, maybe another program goal is increase your retention of overall members from 65% retention to 70% retention at the end of the year because you've been rolling out these new programs. Or maybe it's an additional revenue goal. So maybe it's an additional $3,000 from last year where this program wasn't incorporated to when this is. So very, very important to create this, this, these goals that you have. We also wanna make sure the programs that are involved in your business plan, programming business plan, give you a mix, that it's not just one thing. You wanna make sure that you have some programs that are offered daily or weekly basis. So examples are personal training is a programming strand, group fitness, group exercise is a programming strand. And then also ones that are less frequent, so maybe once a month, these could be special events, so fitness games, it could be a social outing, maybe it's a seminar or a specific workshop and each month you're gonna have one. Then you might have ones that are at a larger scale, maybe once a quarter, maybe it's a massive community service project or a fundraiser. Once you have your kind of ideas and your um, blended mix of programs, things are gonna be on a weekly basis, monthly basis, quarterly basis, even yearly, you want to create essentially a program booklet and a calendar. One of the important things with having this calendar is that you also incorporate your dates and deadlines for signups and for you as the club to market the program well in advance of when they actually start. 
So in your program business plan, your general marketing plan for each of these programs should be involved with it. And then again, who's in charge of the various programs? And so maybe you have different roles within your business. I mentioned previously, get staff involved. The program business plan is where all of this information goes. And then a basic financial plan should also be involved. And so this is if there is any part of your budget that needs to be allocated to initial investment into resources, into materials, those kinds of things, or into marketing. And then uh, your goals with your projected and goal revenue should also be incorporated into that. Next is to constantly market, promote, and sell. And so this is one of the things that we can't just set up a program and expect people will show up to it. Or we can't just post it on our website and expect that traffic is going to go to the website and see that particular tab that talks about that new program or challenge. We also can't post something on social media once or twice and expect that people will come to it. And it's for lots of reasons because of how traffic is driven to our online platforms, how algorithms work. And even think of, even say you hang up a few flyers, doesn't mean people are going to see them. Not everyone is visually oriented. Some people need, they like the personal communication of having someone tell them about a new program. And so making sure that you have a constant, essentially barrage of ways that you are communicating, marketing, promoting, and selling all these different levels and blended mixes of programming. And so it's making sure that you have visual representations, that's signage, that's posters, making sure that you have online presence. So that's on your website, that's through your email newsletters, it's through if you have a text message system in your facility. My yoga studio I work at does a great job with this. They can send out texts when there's a new program or a new event or workshop, or if they're trying to drive some additional signups to a particular class, they'll shoot a text just to remind people that it exists. And what our members say is like, I didn't even know that until I got this text message about it. So really effective with some of our online platforms. So all of our social media channels from a repeated standpoint, posters in different places, um, a verbal explanation of new programs. So that could be making sure all personal trainers and say it's a new program is being rolled out and a goal is for every single personal trainer in every session that they have this week that they share this new program with their client. Same thing that group fitness instructors also know, hey, all of your classes this week, share this info. So a variety of marketing messages. We wanna make sure that all the senses are touched. So that's that in-person communication face-to-face, that's visual, that's auditory content. So that's having, um, like again, like a video on our social media or on our Facebook as well. And then also think about marketing towards specific audiences within your membership. So let's say you're trying to have an event and you wanna encourage more women to come to it. Or say you welcome everybody, but you really think a certain event might benefit males, or you really think a certain event might benefit an older population, it's completely fine to create additional marketing or messaging to target these particular populations. We want to make sure with our marketing that we also let employees know that we're trying to, what your goals are, making sure that you, they know that this is to increase revenue or that this is to educate a certain population. And along with teaching employees the reason for the programming, it's helpful to actually give employees talking points or not necessarily a script because we don't want them to be robotic and read it off, 
but making sure employees are educated on the purpose of a program or a special event or a challenge so that they can communicate it effectively when they do that in-person communication. And then the last aspect, last key to success of programming is to make sure to have some sort of feedback cycle. So we've already talked about getting input from what your membership or your general population likes or is interested. And the closing the feedback loop is during a challenge or during a special program, checking in. So that could be done on social media channels, that could be done through in person. And then very importantly is after a challenge or after a special program is done, having a mechanism to get feedback about how people liked it, what was effective, if they liked the time, if they would do it again. And maybe even grab testimonials because then those testimonials can be used in further marketing of the club or the gym in general or for the next time that you run a similar programming. So in terms of what we part in particular want to offer in our programs, so already, we already mentioned that we want to make sure we know who our audience is, who's our target market, what are they interested, interested in, what's popular, we also want to take into account what is the purpose of our facility. And there's a few things we can think about. Should we continue to do offer the status quo, some of the tried and true programs that we know? I like to say these are like the bread and butter, the meat and potatoes, things that we know work in the fitness industry. Or do we want to really try and push the buttons? And I think a blend of both. Um, and so we want to look at programs that have worked well in the past. And so like personal training, for example, we know tends to work fairly well um, and has gives additional options to your staff members. Group fitness classes have tended to work well. We also want to look at trends in the industry. So in the early 2000s, we saw that clients were really liking um, classes that were fusion. So that would be like Pilates and yoga together or spinning and yoga started to become pretty popular in the late 2000s, like 2009, 2010, we saw that people were really liking a little bit of a higher intensity. So boot camps, circuit training, kettlebells started to gain popularity, um, and even technology-based training. So think of Orange Theory using heart rate monitor technology for classes. Things were starting to grow then. As we've gotten into the 2010s, there tends to be um, a lot more emphasis on more whole body, whole self behavior modifications, so lifestyle changes, lifestyle challenges, technology-based training continues to be popular. And then corporate fitness has seen a lot of growth. And then looking at the bookends of our lifespan, so programs for seniors, and specifically for youth. And these trends have come from AMACE, or from ACE, the American Council on Exercises, annual fitness trends to watch. And so a few things that we want to keep in mind when we look into what's coming up, what are some of the trends for the future? So we're seeing that fusion tends to continue to be popular. So where it's creating these unique combinations of classes, of um, high intensity and then low intensity or mobility and then a like a weightlifting or a weight training class um, even combining um, part workshop so part education with a workout are tending to become popular in uh, individual seminars and events 
small group training. So high intensity interval boot camp, small classes that give you the feel of personal training, but not quite the full huge community effect that a group fitness class are gaining in popularity. We're seeing in some sort of setting, some of our more big box setting pre-packaged group exercise. Um, so Les Mills is a popular form that we see in the YMCA community in particular, um, where their um, trainers are given choreographed or pre-packaged classes. Zumba is like this too. They have to learn the choreography and then the facility offers those pre-packaged programs and facilities. Bootcamp continues to be popular um, and high intensity interval training goes well along with that. So having higher intensity resistance or cardio movements and then coupling them with rest or less intensive resistance movements. Um, Something else that is for sure pushing the envelope in terms of programming are fitness tours and adventures. And so this is something to keep in mind that you could get really creative with based off of where you live and what's involved in the built environment. And so this is, say it's your gym or your facility planning a retreat. Um, And maybe you bring in a speaker, maybe you bring in someone doing some sort of educational component, and then there are workouts that are included and lodging and meals are included or doing, um, I've gone on yoga retreats before where a facility organized it, they booked it through a resort company, they plan what the workouts would be going to be, would be organized where the incoming airport would be, the lodging, and then people just had to get there. Set up the dates, they set up assignment, and they attached a price point to it that allowed them to still be profitable. A really interesting concept that I think is going to continue to grow as people are transitioning their values more towards creating experiences in life as opposed to just accumulating things. Another big trend that we're going to see in programming is basically the concept of community, of having um, passionate small groups of people that really love a certain type of training. And the next one that we'll see is virtual group fitness is going to continue to grow. And so Peloton is one of the, the current examples that I see doing a ton of advertising where essentially they sell memberships to an online community and they stream classes, some of them live streamed. People can choose what class they wanna jump into as long as they have the equipment and they can be a part of a class if they're living in Detroit where we live, but they can join in on a class that's happening in LA. Huge growth is gonna be happening in this sector. And then we see continued growth from a programming standpoint with technology. So just wearable devices that track heart rate, um, track sleep, track recovery. Those are starting to become much more popular versus just the old school um, tracking calories like we see on MyFitnessPal. So those were a few. So in reviewing this episode, I went over essentially what the value of programming is to a business in fitness and what it can do for its members, the important role it has, how it can differentiate differentiate itself from its competitors through programming. I went over several keys to great programming and developing a system for that, and then ended with a few examples of some new ideas and trends that we're likely gonna continue to see in programming in our health and fitness world and communities.